0: Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content communication in the public sector. Here's your host, David Pembroke.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to In Transition, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke, and thank you very much for joining me again this week. A podcast with a difference this week as we come to you from the first ASEAN Public Relations Conference held in association with the Global Alliance here in Bali, Indonesia. I've been here for the last three days, started off by presenting the research that we've been doing with the Australian National University around the evidence-based content communication method, and more about that in just a moment. But then the last two days, spending time with the, um, the Global Alliance and representatives from all around the world, but also representatives of the ASEAN countries, here to discuss ASEAN, but also to discuss the practice of public relations uh, Not only just inside the ASEAN countries, but presenting and positioning ASEAN in the global context at a time of massive change and disruption, as we know, within communications. But joining me is perhaps the star of the show, Professor Anne Gregory, who has had more photos, more certificates, and more presentations, but really had a, a major impact here. She was first involved in setting up the um, the, the academic side uh, and the presentation around the conference and made uh, a wonderful contribution around encouraging um, scholarship in Public relations here in the ASEAN community, but then uh, another few uh, presentations over the last couple of days. And she joins me now. So, Anne, from the bowels of the Trans Hotel here in Bali, thanks very much for joining me in transition.
0: Well, it's wonderful to be here with you, David, and what an amazing place. And just talking about hotels and Bali, they do it right, don't it, they? Isn't
1: it? Isn't it a great place? It, it is, it, it, yes. It's a wonderful place and wonderful people, so generous, so warm. And I think the, probably the thing I took out of this, particularly for someone like you who has been around the business for a long time, such a thirst for knowledge and information. They really want to understand how to become better at this communications business.
0: They do. And um, And... and Thank you for bigging me up and saying I was the star here. <laughs> I don't think so, David, because for me, the stars of this have been the people here. Yeah. Um, and I, I took, can I just tell a little story about that? Yeah, indeed, that? indeed. That's what we're here for. Um, we've seen some wonderful Balinese dancing, haven't we? Yes. Last night, we were treated to a gala dinner and we saw the amazing Balinese dance. And um, I noticed about the headdress... Oh, yeah? The Balinese headdress. And certainly in Indonesia, if you see uh, images of uh, senior figures, they have exaggerated peaks around the ear. Ah. And that is because, and the responsibility of the Indonesian king is to listen to the people. And that's actually part now of the official sort of headdress of, of a lot of people in Indonesia. And I think what... I've learned is um, listening is so important in contexts like this, and I've learned so much while I've been here. And for me, you know, that, that just that illustration that if we're going to be good communicators, two ears, one mouth, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that listening part is a lesson that I've taken away from this. Yeah, that's
1: interesting because it was mentioned today, wasn't it, that you know, Western communication is about our message, our communication, getting the getting it out, getting it, you know, that that priority about getting that there, but that contrast was brought up around the listening. But why is listening so important? You say two ears, one mouth, but but why does it make such a difference to effective communication?
0: I think the great temptation, particularly for us in the West, is that uh, we think it's important for us to get our point of view over. But actually, you can't do that unless you stand in the shoes of the other person. You're just talking at them rather than with them and for me the listening piece is about understanding context in which you are and understanding the audience that you're talking with and listening is not only about understanding them so that you can persuade them even more it's about actually you changing as well Mm. so you know it's a a dialogue and, and genuine dialogue begins with listening not speaking
1: Okay. So, listen,
0: let's just go back
1: through the couple of days of the conference, because it has been such a a wonderfully enjoyable experience. Agreed. Um, It started with the the academic side of things. You were sort of the leader of of that with uh, Greg Orff from uh, the Singapore Management University. Um, What were your impressions of, you know, the levels of scholarship and the levels of understanding, and what would you like to see perhaps um, encouraged here in, in this part of the world?
0: Okay. Well, let's start with that last question. Okay. Um, In the academic field, most of the literature—got to be technical here a little bit—is Western. You know, Uh, it's about Western philosophy, it's about Western theories of thinking, and it's and and unfortunately, there isn't much scholarship that's come from Asia. Part of that is a language thing because most of the scholarship and published books are in English, and so there's an immediate challenge there for our Asian colleagues that if they're going to write academically, they have to do it in English normally, because mm. all the ranked journals are in English. And um, certainly one of the great motivations for me around this was to begin to hear those ASEAN voices and they're great voices. And I was just struck by the, the breadth of topics that we were covering from, you know, the use of Islamic um, and jihadist language in the Western media, to things like a defense of, of, of migrant communities living overseas, Indonesians living overseas, to some standard uh, more standard things that we would recognize like innovations in social media, but particularly uh, applied to the ASEAN context. And for me, that diversity is something that I'm not used to. Mm. I'm not exposed to that, because the academic conferences that I go to, Oh, Western, you know, big names are the Western names, and yeah. that has got to stop, David, yeah.
1: you but, know? Yeah, but how do you how do you get them up to the standards? How do you improve and encourage so as that the quality improves, so as that those voices can be heard in those bigger conferences and in those bigger journals? Yeah.
0: So I think we've got to work with those scholars, so... Platforms like they've had this, this week are really good. So they can get used, if you like, to the way that those academic journals, what their standards are, what their requirements are. And so they can get used to writing and practice as we know makes perfect. I think we need to buddy up with them, so Western scholars, you know, it's partly our responsibility to make sure that the literature is rich and diverse so we could buddy up with them. But also, and this is happening more and more, David, some of the journal editors themselves, I'm talking about Journal of Communication Management, who offered a platform to these scholars. And what will happen there is that that their their papers go in for review, and I know that the editor Uh, Jesper Falkheimer from Sweden will choose reviewers who are sympathetic who will work with those scholars to get those papers up to a publishable standard and a lot of this is about confidence I think David Mm. you know that once they get the hang of this and once they know that what they've got is something that we need to read and to learn from them then I think we'll start a sort of virtuous cycle where they'll have the confidence where they'll have the confidence to put things in Yep. Whether they have the confidence to push back yep. if this sort of Western orientation of thinking it becomes uh, d- comes their way, you know, say, hang on a minute, we've got a point of view just as valuable as yours, and it might be from Confucian philosophy, but that's quite as legitimate as Wittgenstein or anybody else, you know, and we've got a right to to have our place in the world, and I think that would be great. So, but. What about the challenges
1: of, of establishing that? Because, that, yes, it's, it's great to, say, buddy up and help, but where's the infrastructure beyond good intention and, and the hard work of people such as yourself who are prepared to give your time? But is, is there a better way to be able to develop this particular um, part of academia?
0: I think there are a number of things we can do. Um, there are some universities in Asia, as we're hearing today, yep. they're really high-standing And so academia should do the right thing by those institutions. And we can twin, do institutional twinning. So there's an infrastructure under that. So the research resources that underpins a scholar like me, you know, from the West, I get all sorts of research training, and that we can offer that to the Asian community. But to say the danger with this sort of thing is that it's Western ways of thinking that then are imported. And I want these scholars to be able to have the confidence to say we've got our way as well. So we'll take what we what, what's appropriate from us and if there's an infrastructure there providing them scholarships to go to uh, conferences and this sorts of things and buddying, twinning universities up, much broader agreements, then, you know, we just need to put the spark under them. You've heard some of those papers, David. Oh, yeah, they're you great. You know they're fantastic. They're yeah. new, they're fresh, they're mm. untainted. Some mm. of those new, young st- scholars, 21 years old, you know, and they're generating really good stuff. All they need is some facilitation. Mm. They can do it for themselves. Mm. They've got the incentive, they've got the energy, they've got their brains, they've got everything apart from opportunity and facilitation. Mm. And if we can do that, they'll fly.
1: Yeah, well, because the thing that struck me was the perspective. And so often in some of the presentations, I was like, oh, okay." I hadn't, you know, I wasn't looking at it from that point, point of view, and there was some wonderful insights in, yeah. into some of the research.
0: Yeah, that's right. And, and things like, you know, the importance of face-to-face communication. Yeah. This is absolutely an IT-savvy society. We're hearing, you know, more IT-savvy than we are. <laughs> but when it comes to things like this, the face-to-face, you know, when we're talking about, you know, uh, get down and dirty on the business face to face is so important there yeah. and this this ability to actually they've got a tremendous ability to empathize with people they've got tremendous emotional intelligence so that's something that we need to 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 to, to take on board recognize it you know it's incumbent on us we've got the cash to get out here and start working with these people yeah. and we
1: will be enriched <laughs> yeah indeed some of the cultural stuff is um, it, is 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 well i suppose it it's it, it's a cross between um uh, amusing at, at a certain level, but also so endearing when you see the numbers of photos that are taking and the numbers of presentations. And, you know, someone such as yourself in this in this conference, I laughingly before this, you know, referred to you as the, you know, the Ronaldo of this particular conference because everyone wanted to talk to you, everyone wanted to uh, speak to you. But it, it was... It's, those cultural differences are, are great, aren't they? In that it's such a different thing, that there is this recognition and respect of, of um, authority and, and seniority and leadership. And, but then also the, the, uh, um, the use of technology, the, the fact that you know, everyone's got a smartphone, everyone's using the smartphone, everyone's taking photos, it's just a different way, it's a different place isn't it?
0: Yes. And we heard why today. And part of that reason is because they don't have a media system like we do, yes. so other opportunities for publishing are limited for them, so they do it for themselves, and this is what I mean about, you know, you get given the opportunity, they'll grab it, yeah. they're quite incapable of saying, right, you know, yeah. we're going to take this forward, Yes. Uh, and...
1: Good on him. Yeah, it's, it's going to go well. You can see it. Okay, it's, the, it's the powerhouse. It's going yes. to grow. The economic yep. growth is going to be here, and, and I think it's a very smart thing that the Global Alliance and with under you know as part of you as part of that um, are here really seeding um, your contributions now because it's it's going to take off like a rocket.
0: Well, I, it's not just about that, David. Either it's about recognizing reality. I think um, the fact is the West. As World Economic Forum says power is shifting from the west yeah. to the east, yeah. from the north to the south. The reality is that these are the ascendant nations. Yeah. And, you know, good old whiteys like me, you know, <laughs> living in the west, have got a big wake-up call coming, you know, because they're going to start... Teaching us, yeah, uh, and so I, I regard it as a great privilege to be actually here when this is happening now. And uh, you know, I'm really thirsty to know how they're going to take things forward because they will.
1: Yeah. So, so away from the scholarship side of it, what were some of the other things? What were some of the other highlights for you of the last couple of days of of different presentations from the different ASEAN countries and the different people who were involved? <sighs>
0: Where can I start?
1: Okay. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Pick a place.
0: Yeah. Well, I think one one of the things that struck me is that there is a, quite a deep understanding at high levels about the contribution of communication. We had a oh, presentation yes. this morning, you know, from CEO of uh, one of the largest companies here yeah. in, in Indonesia, and he knows what communication is about. And it was quite interesting, some of the explanation of that is because actually our profession has been regarded really as a delivery system for in a lot of, of companies. And actually the knowledge about communication, what communication can do, resides in the C-suite. Exactly, reverse from us. We keep knocking on the C-suite door and saying, do you know what communication can do for you? You know, so that was that was new for me. Yes. The fact that there is a profound understanding at that level and that, that public relations, the profession here has to catch up with the demands of the board, and that's exactly the you and I would say, you know, we need to educate boards. Yes, indeed. And so that that was a, a highlight for me, and a, yeah. you know, profound understanding about of that.
1: I was massively impressed by the the uh, the minister's speech yesterday. The minister for communications, yes. who came and said. This is important, we are supportive of this, and there's no doubt that the Indonesian government and ASEAN have both supported this conference because they understand, perhaps better than, as you say, leadership in the West, that communication can be a fundamental driver of value to to organisations and benefit to community.
0: And an interesting point for me was how many of these really senior people had actually changed their diary so they could be here. Well, yesterday morning.
1: was a public holiday and they all turned up. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and and uh, the CEO this morning was in bed yesterday, <laughs> ill, and he was still re- quite poorly today, but he was determined to come. Even though he couldn't speak yesterday, he was determined to come here. Yeah. So this is about... They understand what communication is about. They know that actually organisations exist they are communicative things you know they're entities which are bound together the glue is communication what makes them work is communication Mm. you can take money away you know we we know we can can take buildings away uber and all the rest of it make if you take communication away the organization doesn't exist and they know that yeah it's there yeah and you know We've got some catching up to do, I think, with educating our own CEOs that still are in the old school who think that uh, too many still think that we're still the messenger boy at the end of the process. Yeah,
1: and interestingly, though, isn't it, that, you know, at the point of... Economic growth, 5.5% here in in Indonesia, um, across ASEAN, very powerful. So the growth is going to be there, but what sort of impact do you also think the you know the transformation driven by technology is going to have in this part of the world? Given that. Um, 263 million people here all have access to devices, all have um, access to be able to create, curate, distribute content. What sort of impacts do you think that that, that is going to have on the way that the not only the profession but um, perhaps the practice of communication is going to develop in this part of the world?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think any of us know... Okay. Profoundly. Yep. Um, because, as we know, technology develops every day, and so there'll be many twists and turns along the way. But, again, as we're hearing today, you know, the fact that this is a youthful part of the world, there's a lot of young people living here... So yeah, what was
1: that, 172 million people in Indonesia under the age of 30. That was the statistic that was given to us about half yeah, an hour
0: ago. Yeah. So you combine that with IT savviness, and you think what a powerful combination that is going to be. And uh, it, it goes back to what I was saying before. These young people get that actually life is about communication. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the opportunities, I think, for organisations to harness that understanding here... And the number of people involved in on that understanding already, I think, is going to be quite transformational. And again, this for me is a, is an indicator of why. In the West, we're going to be left behind yeah. because old fogies like me, who aren't digitally savvy, you know, are going to be behind the curve of these young people.
1: But it's, but I, but I, I suppose it's the flip side of that is there is the opportunity for us to to go together, really. You yeah. know, and I think there was a, again that African proverb was used by a few people: if yeah. you want to go um, fast, go by go yourself; alone. if you want yeah. to go further, go together. Whatever it is. Um, but but uh, to me, it represents just a wonderful opportunity. And I know, look, you know, God, how lucky is Australia that we are on the doorstep of this opportunity? Yeah. This is, you know, this is here. Yeah. And I know that we need... Um, Australians need more encouragement to get here, um, to integrate ourselves into this uh, part of the world. Because the thing that I've taken out of the last couple of days is not only the the courteousness of the people, but the welcoming and this thirst for... Come and talk to us, like just as we were going through the the final um, goodbye session upstairs as the um, songs were being sung and everyone was you know taking photos and all the rest of it, that you know d- three academics came up to me and said, okay, we let's let's get involved. Let's work together. We really want you to come back. You know when yeah. are you coming back? back yes. And so th- it is such a great opportunity, isn't it? that that welcoming attitude just yeah. it fills me with such great enthusiasm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it goes back to what we were saying before about this is a nation on the move. And they're not afraid of change. You know, innovation is almost part of their DNA. Yeah. And it's not about conserving. Yeah. It's about moving forward. Yeah. And that's the mindset here. Mm. And isn't that energising? Yeah, I think so. And I think if you get the combination of that energy mm. and that desire to move forward... Conver- combined with and maybe this is where our con- uh, contribution can be yeah. sort of worldly wisdom that comes with having been round the block once or twice. Sure,
1: you know, and, and and I think that, but I think you also you also made a good point in in some of the presentations the other day that you know everything that's old is new again. You know, yeah. the, the the principles of of good communication, are the principles of good communication, yeah. whether you've got a, a you know a smartphone or yeah. or nothing, or smoke signals, you know, it, yeah. it is the same. But and I think that's where the benefit and opportunity. Is, is to bring those frameworks, those well-developed, um, well-known, tr- trusted methods into this environment and just to
0: see what might happen from
1: there. The innovation that might fly out of here is going to be stunning.
0: Yes, I think there were one or two constraints that were indicated today which are, are different, you know, there isn't a media system, a developed media system. Um, Government is all... All All powerful, yes. Uh, And, uh, you know, and and they set the framework for the innovation, don't forget. You know, sometimes we think government is a constraining force. Uh, But it's also, um, you know, Government is there and ever present. Indeed. There's no doubt about that. So but I, 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 I did take some encouragement from a couple of
1: the last presentations where people were poking at the government.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the. You, but but there's, what I mean here is there's a real purpose here. Yes. So if you take countries like Singapore and in Indonesia, the government plan is known. The government plan is known by the people. Yes. The government is stable and what it's not like our governments where you know from one week to the next you're not quite sure what they're going to do you know but there is a plan that people know about yep. and this sense of togetherness mm. and building a nation mm. together and this is where the culture comes in yep. they are warm they are friendly it's face to face communication as well as uh, it and yes there are process models that we can bring in to help them and guide their thinking etc etc but the overall uh, the uh, that, that vision of the nation that we are building mm. together mm. is really helpful to them. Oh, It's a massively. real sense of direction. Yes, yes, indeed. Know, so it isn't activity for activity's sake. Yes. It's activity with a purpose. Yes, indeed. And I think that that's quite different.
1: Yeah, from- well, well I th- again, one of the statistics quoted was that the OECD report said that Indonesia has the highest levels of trust of yeah. any government in the world. What would you put that down to?
0: Well, it's interesting because the Edelman Trust Barometers also says that China has the highest levels of trust. Right. Now, what do you mean by trust? Yeah. I, I think is a, a legitimate challenge to that because they have no choice, you know. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's interesting. But I think it is about this sense of purpose. We understand what the government is trying to do here. We can be a part of that. We can, and we know what's really liberating and empowering for people if people think they can contribute. It goes back to the old quote, doesn't it, by the guy sweeping the, the car park at NASA, when somebody asked him, and what do you do then? And he replied, I helped put a man on the moon. You know, <laughs> yeah. everybody plays their part. Yep. And there's a real sense of, of country identity here. Yeah. And, and I think that's really exciting and energizing.
1: But it's interesting, isn't it, that policy? Because because Joko Wododo, the the he is a communicator, yeah, and he is a you know known for his communication, and also the collaboration between business and politics. The um, the gentleman who spoke this morning, Mister Four Point Nine Billion, you know, yeah. six richest man in, in Indonesia, um, was a minister uh, in uh, yudiono's second government. So that. There is that sense, isn't there, of, of oneness about what they're trying to do here, and I think um, communications is really going to drive them uh, very quickly to, a, to the place where they want to get to.
0: Yes, uh, and some people will say that maybe that's a bit too cosy. Yes, indeed. No, no, that's true. Sometimes a gap between the two is quite healthy, actually, (laughs) because the one challenges the other and actually get more innovation when there's slight tension there and a slight distance there. Uh, But yes, I mean there is a sense of common purpose, so I'd agree Mm. with you. Uh, And also, there's a sense. You remember Dan Tish was saying about uh, part of our job as, as communicators is to get this idea of purpose and character what are we here to do and how are we going to do it you know Mm. and that was some of the stuff that came from the Melbourne mandate that uh, GA um, uh, came up with fortunately I was a part of of, of developing that and it seems to me you know that there is that sense of we're here we know where we're going Mm. we know how we're going to do it and you know what we can do it our way, we can maintain that culture. And there's been an interesting discussion, I think, uh, around, uh, is there an ASEAN way?
1: Yes. And, yeah. you
0: know, and some, some commentators, was, uh, people here were saying, well, what have we got to learn from the EU? And I would say <laughs> nothing <laughs> apart from how not to make mistakes, you know. And, the, and again, it comes back to these partly this confidence. I, I and, think it's confidence.
1: I, yeah. I, I definitely think there's a there's a real confidence. But you, yeah. you sort
0: of think about how young these democracies are. Yeah. You know, and yeah. there is something about you know when you get along in the tooth, you do have a confidence that comes mm. just because you've been around a long time. You know. Yeah. Um, so I I think there's there is a sense of say sense of sure. purpose and a, a sense of Let's do it our way. I do worry sometimes that culturally they're gonna lose some of that identity. Because one of the challenges of globalization is it yep. becomes a bit amorphous. Yep. And I do hope that they really hang on to that.
1: Yeah. I did notice actually through the three days where there was all sorts of performances and everything else that the influence is Western culture, you know, singing songs of Adele rather than giving us, yep. you know, songs from Indonesian Yeah, you um, go down
0: the street and it's, you know, yeah. DFC and the McDonald's. And Wendy's who's in and there? It's <laughs> yeah. the Indonesians, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, Listen, before I let you go, and I know you're busy, there's another photo to be taken somewhere, I'm sure, in this building. But pulling you up sort of to the, you know, 20,000-foot level, um, looking down on the public relations practice globally, what are you, you seeing? What are the big challenges? What are the hopes? What are the opportunities, but what are the challenges as well? Big question. And you've got to answer it under around five minutes' time because I know you were busy. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, it is a big question. Uh, challenges for the public relations profession, I think they're, they're the ones that have been there from the beginning. And uh, Professor Gregor Half was saying some of those, you know. Yeah. We come back to what is our strategic role all the time certainly in the west we come back to that question and uh, I, I just had some uh, sort of the embryos of some thinking today which i think we're at a transformational moment we clearly are yep and uh, you're in the content development business indeed and, uh, and we know that the way content is being put together is changing and yes. access to all etc cetera, etc cetera. but i think this it's not just about us Knocking on the, the door of the CEO and say, Look, what communication can do for your organization. I think what's happened, and the tr- transformational shift for me, is that it's not so much that the core of our profession needs to change or is changing, the way we do things might, might change, but actually, organizations have fundamentally changed. Yep. And there's a, a dawning realization, going back to what I was saying uh, earlier, that is that everything is about communication. You are what you communicate. Yep. You are defined by how you communicate, how you do things, what others say about you. And I think at long last, that penny is is dropping. Now that puts us center stage. So organizations are changing. We are being called on to go center stage. So we then come back to the questions of ourselves, which is, what is the purpose of our profession? Mm. What are we here to do?
1: Mm. And are we and, ready? And are, are we, we ready, ready for that? the opportunity? Because are I... we
0: capable of delivering that? Yes. And, you know, because this is one huge job. Yeah. And I think one of the big things about and the challenges for us as a profession, which makes us different, say, from, you know, if an accountant, you do, you look after the finances, you see the organisation as a bundle of resources and, you, you know, you know what your role is. If you're an HR person, similar with a... With a our job is that helicopter view seeing the context, seeing the organisation and pulling that all together. I can't think of a bigger job within an organisation to be responsible for its reputation, its positioning how it talks to itself, how it talks to others, how it listens to others how it actually positions itself within those those networks and in those conversations for me that's the biggest and most exciting Mm. job there is
1: I wish I was 20 years younger. That's exactly. what I always think. Every time I come to work every yeah. day, I get, oh, yeah, yeah. I just wish I was about 20 years younger.
0: Absolutely. Me.
1: Anyway, th- um, and thank you so much for joining us uh, on the podcast today and thanks for your contribution, not only to this conference, but your your, your contribution to the to the practice and to the... Um, the community and your leadership. Over many, many years, you've published books and articles and, and led a lot of the, the big thinking that I think is just about to mature into this space now. And I think a lot of what you've done has set us up for this great opportunity. So on behalf of everyone listening, thanks to you. And to you, the listener, um, thanks very much for, for joining us uh, here at the Trans Hotel in Bali. Uh, it's been a great conference. And Anne, yeah, final words?
0: Yeah, um, I know you work a lot with government, Yes. And uh, and I do too. And I think there is so much for us who are in that government space as well, working with government, to do in communications. Yeah, uh, Because that sets the context for everything, really, within a country. Exactly. So thank you, David, and to your team for the work that you're doing. And uh, and I know, you know, that there are great things ahead for government communications, which is changing quite as much as that private sector sphere as well. Yeah, indeed. So thank you for your contribution. No,
1: and thank you very much. indeed, it's an exciting time for all of us in this space, and I think as we grow this global community, as we work to improve the way that we do things, the way that we can improve the way governments communicate, hopefully we can improve, strengthen communities and improve the well-being of the citizens who we uh, serve really in the work that we do so yes so back to you um thank you very much listener um grateful for you to tune in once again this week a lot of fun really enjoyed bali um petra masanova from content group's been with me here all week so we've had a great time met lots of people and there's a lot to come i think particularly in this part of the world so stay tuned so for the moment it's bye for now
0: you've been listening to in transition the program dedicated to the practice of content communication in the public sector. For more, visit us at contentgroup.com.au.